0: visionaries speak about the future with such clarity it is as if they're talking about the past and then so what one (laughs) um sorry I didn't mean to embarrass you there um, but uh, you know as a thought leader in in this space I, I think it's particularly apt for yourself because it's obviously a subject that's close to your heart you're very passionate about you've been working with it for a number of years now and, and promoting I guess with the same impetus and energy and enthusiasm is as, as possibly from, from a day one. And so reading your your latest book um there, which which is as you mentioned, was, was a kind of Shortened version, or probably more a reflection of, of what you've published in the past and, and probably around a lot of your research findings. And, and so you've you've kind of made it digestible to your audience. And, and and you and you you unashamedly say that in the book to say it's not here to be overly complex. It's it's a simple grasp. There's there's complexity to it, absolutely. But, you know it's there to so that because you you make the point that people don't have time readily to to look at stuff to read stuff to digest stuff to engage with something they they they, they need it put into much more accessible terms and i think that was a great place to 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 do you're almost kind of um, self-aware in that respect that you you published that
1: no, I mean, you are right that um, uh, I, I have on purpose tried to write a shorter book, uh, more focused, um, because um, those that we mainly need to reach here are executives with limited time to, to read. Um, mm. And that's why the book is also out in an audio book, because some of these guys don't have time to read at all. Um, and it was hard. It's much harder to write. Short books, than long books, (laughs) Uh, trust me. Um, And um, uh, I'm I'm, I'm glad you're saying that it's kind of, it's an an easy read because it's meant to be. Uh, And on one hand, there is no rocket science in Beyond Budgeting when it comes to the recommendations we have on changing what we do. I think the challenge for anyone, especially executives, lies in changing how we think. That is the challenging part of um, beyond budgeting, because traditional management, including budgeting, uh, is built on two assumptions: Uh, number one, uh, the future is predictable and planable, and number two, you can't trust people. Yeah. And if those have been your convictions as a manager and later as an executive throughout your career, well, that is—it's hard to change. Uh, your thoughts around those two but that is what is needed because it doesn't help to change what we do if we don't change how we think
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely indeed and and that comes across very very clearly in in your book and um on that priority and yeah and and that's what kind of triggers in people's mind because you've set the 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 why there, if you like. Why why are we doing this? Why why should they engage in this? You know, because you you know, maybe people have been put off with it in the past because they hear the word budget and immediately think, oh, that's a financial terms. Hmm. And yeah. and and obviously in the book, you you quite clearly stipulate it's not just on a finance. And and you know, and part of your career has been in finance, but it's also been in an HR role as well. So you've got hmm. the combination of both people. And the, the financial aspects of it um, around that. And so I, I I like this. And 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 one of the things that I've found, and it's at the end of your book, and it's in a number of podcast episodes that you've had with other participants, where you say quite clearly, and this is where your visionary heart comes on, and will sit quite readily on your head when I say this, is that you state that beyond budgeting. And business agility will happen, mm. and and I like that. I like that. And and you and, and the the the, the um, what you also factor in there is that you you go. I don't know what its name will be. It doesn't necessarily need to be beyond budgeting or business agility. It's something bigger than that. And then almost that beyond budgeting agility, certain tools and practices are almost an enabler to what that bigger thing is. And I kind of want to give you an opportunity as the visionary thought leader in this space who's creating this innovation, if you like, some time to wallow in a satisfying way that you, you enabled that to happen. And as you reflect, I'd like you to say, from those early days when you first entered into an Beyond Budgeting or an Agile space, is the landscape what you, you were aiming for? Has it actually appeared and, and, and satisfied you in the way that you initially thought? Or is it bigger than that?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, this has been a a journey for me. Um, As I write in my book, uh, it was in no way given that I should end up uh, where I am today, working with Mm. uh, Beyond Budgeting for so many years. Because um, my first management job back in a company called, used to be called Statoil, now Equinor. Mm. Um, one of Scandinavia's largest companies uh, was head of the corporate budget department. Yes. So that's where it all started out. Mm. And my initial re- rebellion against traditional management was much more budget focused than it was today. Uh, we are now talking 1995, a company called Borealis. where we got a chance to kick out the budget before there was anything called Beyond Budgeting. But again, it was more for maybe natural reasons, more kind of budget and finance oriented. Um, But as you mentioned, um, I later moved to an HR role, heading up HR in the same company as I had been heading up uh, finance, this company called Borealis. And uh, that was a wake-up call for me um, when it came to the people and leadership side of Beyond Budgeting. And, And that side has kind of becoming bigger and, and more important uh, along the way. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and to reflect a bit on, on, on people and leadership in Beyond Budgeting, you know, what, what we say in Beyond Budgeting about those important issues are in a way not that unique. We talk mm-hmm. about purpose, autonomy, values, transparency, and so on. And you'll find a number of other communities, uh, models, um, kind of coming from the leadership side, uh, talking very much about the same. But what I find is that very often these models, these communities have not reflected very much about what kind of management processes are required to activate these good leadership intentions. And that is something that has a high focus in Beyond Budgeting, this uh, equal focus both on 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 uh, uh, what we say and preach around leadership and what we practice in our management processes, because it has to hang together. There has mm-hmm. to be coherence between the two. And if there isn't, if the management processes has a very different message than the leadership messages, well, then that is p- something people notice, and mm-hmm. the the uh, leadership intentions and messages they get hollow, right so uh, i mean a classical example is i mean executives talking loud and warm about how fantastic employees we have man we would be nothing without you and we trust you so much mm-hmm. but not that much of course we need detailed travel budgets mm-hmm. i mean this is hypocrisy and you have to you have to reflect on 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 both so so um, uh, we can't just address one or the other we need to address both and make sure there's coherence and that's why I've always, especially since my HR days, been so focused on finance and HR working together on this, um, in helping this uh, happen in the organization. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, That doesn't mean that executives can abdicate, but they need some help and somebody that can often, uh, that can initiate this. And if it is those two functions, um, the the likelihood of success is much better than if it is just one of them. And you ask about, I mean, I mean uh, what has happened and, and how do I view you kind of the, the, the development? Well, first of all, it's, um, um, I'm looking at how much traction there is around Beyond Budgeting these days, how many companies have gotten started. I think things are definitely moving in the right direction and I'm very happy with where we are today. Does that mean we ha- that we have succeeded? Uh, no. Because we, I mean, it's still a minority of companies doing this, but as I did write in, in my book, this this will happen. Uh, and again, not important what it's called, but it will happen. And then companies that have a choice, they can choose to be early movers, get the competitive advantage, or be dragged into this as one of the last ones. And it should be an easy choice. I think that choice will become more and more um, obvious because um, uh, those two tradi- assumptions behind traditional management that we talked about—the um, predictable future and the uh, people that you can't trust—I mean, every day that goes by, I mean, shows us that this is not valid anymore. Maybe mm-hmm. there was a time when, for instance, budgeting was invented a hundred years ago, when these two were more true. But yeah, that, yeah, is, that is a long—that is a long time mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. So um I'm I'm very happy, I'm very optimistic. At the same time, some people uh, tell us that this takes a long time. You guys have been doing this for 25 years, right? Mm. And um uh, we have in the same period had a number of other other models that have come and gone with with uh, great success, but too often it has been boom and bust and that is something we don't want to see. I'd rather see something growing steadily, sustainably, day by day, year by year, um, instead of something that could be a, a boom and burst. So yeah. this might take another 25 years, but I'm mm-hmm. convinced that this will be the uh, the um, the management mo- the de facto management model for the uh, the future. There will come mm-hmm. a day in yeah. not the too far uh, future where we will all smile, maybe even laugh about what was traditional management thinking in 2023. It yeah. will happen. Read my lips.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. No, couldn't agree with you more, um, Bjarte. And, um, you know, what a legacy to leave, you know. Um, and I'm happy to to c- continue this conversation with you. Um, so this is David Thompson. I'm the host of the Agile People podcast. I'm joined today with the fantastic Bjarte Bognes, um, who, as you hear talking there, is is an author keynote speaker business owner founder of beyond budgeting and all its practices and principles and values um going back a number of years he's setting the groundwork in stone um through long years of experience and um challenges and and hopefully some rewards along the way that um that's inspiring um, people for the future and so those big changes um that we, we look to get made whether it's um within a beyond budgeting or a business agility uh, or tackling the bigger models of, of um you know traditional management behaviors um it's it's all good and heading in the right direction. So welcome Björti. Um I know we've Thank been you. talking um, for a bit there but I just want th- to kind of keep that energy going. Thank momentum. you.
1: Before you before you continue, can I just correct one thing? I'm yes. actually not the founder of Beyond Budgeting. Okay, I was heavily involved since the beginning. I've been yes. one. I was one of the. Borealis was one of the companies that inspired the model, mm. but the mm. two founders was actually called Robin Fraser um, and Jeremy Hope, uh, ah. two English authors. Um, mm. Uh, researchers that discovered that interesting stuff was happening in companies, Um, Mm. Swedish bank, Handelsbanken, Borealis, other companies, Mm. and based on what they saw and uh, all the discussions they had with us, uh, then uh, designed the initial Beyond Budgeting model 25 uh, uh, years ago, back in 1998. Uh, but I have been heavily involved uh, since um, since the start. And for many years, I've been the chairman of the Beyond Budgeting Roundtable. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. I probably just uh, I made a the mistake there. Um, uh, yes so uh, absolutely but so you've but you've been in there since the early doors, so you know you're you're kind of I guess well um well known throughout the world and certainly you know a big friend of um agile people community um, obviously and we we all know and love your work and so a great proponent um to to include not just from an hr perspective but also now from our perspective to include finance um into that that model mm-hmm. and so that as we look to make those changes to traditional management behavior and 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 also tackle some of the, the real pain points within an organization. No no reason why these two knowledge workers uh um can't work together to help propel that. And we know that there's always been a difficulty just between these two teams. If you like, if you want to put them into that finance and, and HR, difficulty even talking to each other, you know, and never, never mind never um, mind realizing the influence that they might have as a collective um, um to be able to do that. And and as you mentioned, it's 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 such an obvious thing, but at the same time, such a, a very common thing where that's not happening and it's not able to to do that shift. Um if I go back then. Um, And we had a few minutes to wallow there and that that satisfied that um, you're creating a a better um, world of work for the future. Then what was the particular tensions, shall we say, for yourself that says, no, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I've seen it. I've done it. I've experienced it both in finance and HR. And these things are just not working.
1: Well, again, I mean, there was a time when I actually thought that this was uh, this stuff made sense. There is mm. an uh, interview with a young Mr. Boxness uh, heading up that corporate budget department. An interview with a corporate magazine of Statol, as it was called that day. The, the, and, this is the one I mean, you
0: want hidden, doesn't it? This yep, is the yep, copy yep.
1: you want. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I mean, hope, I hope there are I, because I was praising the brilliance of this way of managing, and yeah, yeah. I really hope there are no more copies around because that was. A, but again, I mean, it's it's. Um, of course, there was this nagging feeling that uh, this mm. is um, this is not the most intelligent way of running an organization, mm. and then from through some coincidences in Borealis, we got the, a, a chance to. Um, Kick out this budget. Uh, it was um, a company involved in, in, a, in a group-wide uh, business process reengineering process, mm-hmm. quite big stuff in the um, in, in the like uh, this. And uh, I was heading up part of this work uh, related to how yeah, management processes. And mm-hmm. um, um, then. Some months earlier, there was actually, as we had a workshop uh, about how to improve the budgeting process in in Boialis, there was a guy asking a question we thought was uh, uh, quite horrendous at the time. What if we don't budget at all? Was his comment, mm. and um, yeah, we thought that was um, a very special comment. But when we were really challenged about how to think differently about doing things in this company. That thought came back to us. And we went back to the CFO that I reported to and proposed to kick out the budget. Mm. And um, he he smiled and uh, looked at us. And then he said, well, that sounds interesting, but what shall we then do instead? Yeah. And we had to admit that we don't have a clue. And his response was short and simple. Maybe you should go and find out. Okay, okay, and yeah, and that's what we did. We started yeah. to search for an alternative to budgets and, and search back in the 90s that was not Google, right mm. <laughs> that was uh, reading, discussing, calling people, yeah. and that's what we did and couldn't find anything before there was a um, something that cracked it all. Uh, mm. Again, great comment from a guy on the team asking, Why do we budget? What's the purpose of a budget? Mm. And um, after initially not kind of realizing how what a great question that was, it Mm. we realized that 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 is the question to get started. We found the answer, and since um, 1996, this company was operating without traditional budgets and it worked wonderful. Cost, for instance, came down Mm. as Mm. one example. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and And that's how it all. Yeah, that's how it all started for, for, for yeah,
0: me. Yeah. And you mentioned that in the book that, that the cost is, is the one thing that people go to when you talk about budget because the one thing they easily understand, oh. you know, because they know how much money they've got in their pocket of their bank account and the affordability of, of that. And so it's also an easy one. But you go further than that when you talk about beyond budgets. And, and that's the interesting part is that don't be put off when you hear the word budgeting, it's not just immediately finance, you know, and you talk about the three, I guess, three real pillars of beyond budgeting and that there's budgeting forecast and um, the um, resource allocation. And that's
1: target setting forecasting and resource allocation. Yes. Yeah. That's the three purposes of of a budget. Mm.
0: Yes. Uh Indeed. Indeed. And so that, that bit, you know, you know that's that's the bit that grabs everybody. Then, um, when you bring that, because then that that even from a lay person they can understand. You know that's not just a a specific area beyond them. It's something that they can really tap into. Um, alongside that, so that's so that's good. So looking at your bio, then um Birte, you you talked about the two two main companies you worked there, um, Borealis and um, Equinor. Um, in terms of the beyond budgeting um, aspect of it, was that if I use you know topical parlance, shall we say, was that kind of your side gig, if you like the the beyond budgeting in um alongside your sort of day to day roles? Is that is that where you saw that you had that opportunity where you had your CEO who basically goes go and find out, and you know, like like um you know. Happy teenagers, you 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 thought, hey, this is great. This is a great hobby. Let's get involved in it and let's make it happen. You know, almost you you know, spending every waking hour um, outside your day to day job. You know, um, yeah. this is yeah. what you were doing.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's from from actually from the very first year of uh, borealis going beyond budgeting. Um, and by the way, let me add that. Today, I would not regard Borealis as a beyond budgeting company because there was, after some years, years, there was a a significant change in ownership, a completely new executive team, which really bright guys, but they didn't have any big relation to the kind of Mm -hmm. what we had done. So um, they still technically, they do some other stuff, but uh, from a kind of... Behavior culture point of view, I wouldn't put it on a list. But I'm still proud of what we did. And uh, uh, for the um, uh, quite some years that uh, this was how the company operated, it worked wonderful. Uh, Equinor, by the way, is still on this journey. The company has been yeah. doing this for uh, almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. But but again, from, from that first year in Borealis, there was an enormous external interest. Um, I talked about Jeremy Hope, Robin Fraser getting interested and uh, using this as uh, as input into formulating the model. Um, but I've been speaking um, at uh, doing keynotes uh, almost from from day one, um, and and still do a lot, and gradually doing workshops, uh, consulting on behalf of these companies, and. Uh, I saw so I've had very generous employers who allowed me to to be active on the on the um, uh, on this outside uh, or external scene along with my real jobs back in these uh, companies yeah. Yeah. and um in because when I returned I returned to um um uh, yeah. uh, Statal, as it was called, now Equinor, um, uh, after, after some year, after I had fin- heading up uh, HR in, in Borealis. And I started mm-hmm. to work as corporate controller for mm-hmm. our international business. But my hobby at the time was to pester my colleagues with the stupidity of what I thought I, <laughs> I the company was doing. And yeah. um, looking back, I'm not sure how diplomatic, I always was, but we, we sorted it out and we went together to the executive committee uh, with a proposal, not just to kick out the budget, because now this had become broader.
0: Mm. It
1: was about changing the way we were leading and managing through a process that we called called ambition to action, yeah. which is still the process the company operates with with mm. today. And since we got then a yes from the executive committee, I have been working full-time on this. Mm. And um, so in, in Equinox with leadership development for the development of the model. And uh, two years ago, I made a difficult decision. Uh, I decided to leave that great company to be able to work full time on yeah. Beyond Budgeting, which is what I'm doing uh, yes. today.
0: Yeah. Yes, No. absolutely. So you've gone from uh, being your, I guess, side hustle, if you like. No. Um, it's now your full time job. You've built absolutely. up the, the, the experience and and. And come to that point where it's it's um, um, you, you're now a full time practitioner in that respect. Would you would you could call yourself a practitioner?
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm I mean, you used to you if you're a thought leader, and, and I I, I struggle with those with the visionary. Well, I'm really proud of what we've done, mm-hmm. and I know what is the right thing to be. do. Yeah. But but it's uh, don't kind of elevate elevate me into something that. Uh, Maybe I, I, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm, I think you need to have your heads in the vision and your heads in the practicality at the same time. Mm. You can't. You can't be just one other places. You have to be both. And um, I I think I, I. I think I am.
0: Yeah, I, I think when use words like that, that's for other people to use it towards yourself. And I appreciate that that, that humbled you in, in that respect. You don't maybe see yourself, but um, I think ever, um, lots of other people do. BRT, so um, I accept it with good grace and and um, and humility. And um, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's definitely okay. your name will be a legacy for the future um, yeah. for that. Um, so I'm going to take a break just now because um, let's let's have a, a, a next chapter um Birte, absolute pleasure to to start this journey with you um let's continue into next episode so for now I'm going to say bye-bye and um, we'll continue um, the next episode.